Fair use. Fair use. Fair use. something that needs to be discussed because it is such a huge part of the invisible shackles that have been placed upon the world there is a dream that has been sold to the world because i have a dream today. it was taught in our schools and given credibility by our governments churches social leaders and activists this subject is something that is so difficult to come against because the mind control around it is so strong it is one of the foundations that this coming new world order is built upon. You see, the irony and hypocrisy about the way the world is today is that so many of us are caught up in the lies and deceptions that were given to us by the same system that we know have been oppressing us our entire lives. Like, I have friends who often speak about how wicked the system is, and how much they don't trust the government, etc., etc. But all their ways and mindsets stem from the lies and deceptions that were given to them by the same system they want to rebel against. They never break away from the lies, even though they speak against the people that are giving it to them. If we do not go back and go to the root of a lie and pluck it out, you will never truly live in truth because there are still roots of lies that are planted in you. You have to remove the root. And this subject is a major root that needs to be dug up. So here's the basis of the discussion in this video. And I want you to answer this question in your heads before I go deeper. Was the dream that Martin Luther King Jr. had given to him by Yah or by Satan? I started with this question because I don't believe that many people ever gave it much thought or even considered the importance of the answer. I mean, this dream that is used consistently by world leaders, by churches, that is taught to all of us and our children from when we are young that is often used as a foundation for liberty and justice around the world. If this dream was given by Yahuwah, the Most High, then it is something that we obviously should connect with and follow. But if it was given by Satan, then it is possible that by following and believing in this dream, we could be attaching ourselves to a satanic agenda that we were completely unaware of. That makes sense? This question needs to be considered, especially within the group of followers within the organized Christian churches in America and abroad. To many people in that group, Dr. King was the Moses of the generation, and he was leading those who followed him to a promised land. And I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. But because of his charisma, his power in words, the grand soapbox that he was given, and the many people, important people, that supported him around the country and around the world, I mean, he was given a Nobel Peace Prize. The promised land that he was leading many people to was never actually considered 
was just wrapped in a boat of liberty and equality. But the actual foundation of the dream of this promised land was never actually considered. And now it is over half a century since the end of his movement. And the world still is moving to this promised land. So it is time that we really examine what is underneath the hood. We need to really understand was the dream that Martin Luther King Jr. had given to him by Yah or by Satan. Let's begin. Okay, so I'm going to try to go at this in a methodical approach because I am aware that I'm coming at a subject most people are not ready to really deal with. Like I alluded to in the introduction, we have been mentally conditioned to accept this man, his dream, and his promised land as acceptable. We have been conditioned to accept him as a hero. You see, in many of my videos, particularly when speaking about the Matrix, I explain how the system works in our minds, telling us who our heroes are and who our enemies are. We believe the heroes that they have placed in our face and they made us believe their cause. But the truth is most people really won't understand that point unless you really understand the real world that we live in. So if your mind is not fully aware that you live in a world of lies and deception, this video may not be for you yet. I have been circling around this subject for a while, but I was really moved into it last week when I saw Zelensky bring it up in his address to Congress. They do not defend our people. I have a dream. These words are known to each of you today. I can say I have a need. I need to protect uh, our sky. I need your decision, your help, which means exactly the same, the same you feel when you hear the words, I have a dream. I was like, they can really just use this anytime they want. Now, I could start off and say very firmly that Martin Luther King Jr. was not our hero. He was just a house slave used to keep us in bondage. But when you give statements like that, without a proper foundational level of understanding before it, it can oftentimes just push people away before they had time to really understand the reasoning behind it. But that's how I see most people want this ministry to be. Cut deep, regardless if a foundation of understanding has been laid out or not. But that's not how I was ever led to distribute truth. So I'm going to go backwards to lay a foundation and then move forward. In order to understand this topic in full, you need to understand the times that this mindset was built in. You need a bird's eye view with a little more information than what the mainstream feeds you with. So understand a few things. You can't understand this just by jumping into the civil rights movement of the 1960s. No, you have to understand the country before this because there were heavy false doctrines already built and there was a division in the black community that was not known. But it is highly important to really understand these things. So we start at the first reconstruction period. This is the period after the Civil War. We're talking post-Civil War after Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation and former slaves were promised their 40 acres and a mule from General Sherman. And the 13th Amendment was passed abolishing slavery. We start during the era of reconstruction that was started under President Andrew Johnson. This was the period of rebuilding the United States. In May of 1865, Johnson announced his plan for presidential reconstruction. His strategy called for amnesty and restoration of property to all Southerners who swore loyalty to the Union. His strategy required Confederate leaders to ask individually for pardons and required that all states accept the 13th Amendment that abolished slavery. 
Johnson's strategy for Reconstruction became very lenient to white Southerners who fought against the Union, and he ordered the restoration of land to those owners. This included land from Sherman's order. This was the 40 acres and a mule land. And then Johnson declared Reconstruction complete by the end of the year. Johnson's increased alignment with the white Southerners brought criticism from Republicans, and that promise of 40 acres and a mule was rescinded. The country lured the free slaves in to fight with them to help with the war, but they decided that they were not going to rebuild the country with the mindset of equality with the former black slaves and give them land that they were owed and due. They used the slaves to win the war and then provided them with nothing. Same script that goes on today. It is important to also understand that there are many things instilled within the country that still kept the oppressing of the free slaves going. It wasn't like they were free and then they had it easy. No, they were still oppressed, but they were still striving to live and create a life for themselves. In April of the year 1866, Congress passed the Civil Rights Bill, granting citizenship and rights to all male persons in the United States. By June of that year, Republicans had drafted the 14th Amendment, which guaranteed citizenship to anyone born or naturalized in the United States. This granted the free slaves citizenship. This bill was extremely controversial and was not made valid until two years later in 1868. And then in 1869, Congress passed the 15th Amendment to protect the right to vote, stating that no one can be denied this right based on race or previous status as an enslaved person. So we're going to stop right there. There were slaves that were made free by the government, then made citizens under the law, and then given the right to vote. Though exercising that right was not easy for them. That's what needs to be understood during this period. Slaves to citizens with certain rights. Okay, let's continue. Upset about boxing competitors clicking on your ad? Why me? Why me? Now, during these times, as America was growing, this is also the time of the robber barons' rise to full power. During this period of the late 19th century is where we see the rise and emergence of the Rockefellers and the Morgans and other Rothschilds agents who were building their financial empire on this newly reformed country. This wealth and power can never be ignored or forgotten when understanding the world that you live in. Now, the former slaves were rebuilding as well. Their power was found within the black church. Now, this is a subject that should be covered by itself, and it needs to be covered with care. Because without proper understanding, this point that I'm about to make may confuse you. But the black church that was built during this time was not an institution that was built under the power of Yah. This is because of how they were taught and controlled under the times of slavery. The black church was more of an organization for the former black slaves. It was the one thing that the former slaves had control over in the country. So that organization was their source of strength. Now, I don't want you to confuse me and believe I said Yah was not with them. I'm just saying it wasn't built through him. Though they did praise Jesus and worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, there was not a lot of truth being spread. They only understood what was given to them through control of their slave masters, and they passed down that same knowledge. 
There's a lot to break down within this subject that I cannot cover within this video. So at this point, if you disagree, let's just table that thought for a different time, please. The point that I am making and that is important to take away is that as Black America started to grow, they grew within the walls of the church. The leaders of the Black community were the leaders of their churches. But soon, there was another way for leadership in the Black community to grow. In the North, which was much different than in the South, Prince Hall Freemasonry was organized. The Negroes of the North came under the religion of Freemasonry, and it was at this time that there was a major divide within the Black community. Now, I have made a video about this subject, if you want to understand more about it. I cannot explain it all here. The link to the video is in the description box. When Prince Hall Freemasonry was created and spread, there was a separation between the general mass of the free Negroes in America and the Masonic ones. But this separation was not well known because within Freemasonry, one of the biggest parts to it is based upon secrecy. So unless you were a Mason, you would not know what these people were doing in their lodges. And eventually, as Freemasonry spread amongst the Negroes, there were Prince Hall Mason lodges spread around the country, bringing the Negroes in Masonic light, moving fully away from the Most High and moving towards a different goal. There were now two groups of the Black community. There was the initiated, those who were under that false Masonic light, and the uninitiated, those who were not and knew nothing of it. And the initiated had more power and support than the uninitiated. And the majority of the uninitiated seemed to be unaware of the divide as a whole. They didn't even have a clue, from what I understand when I speak to people of that generation. Now, a huge way this spread was these Prince Hall Masons started creating their own churches. And this is where we see the biggest group of black churches in the country grow. The African Methodist Episcopal Church grew and this church was created and led by Freemasons. This then gave Masonic control over to the church. And while this subsection quietly grew, there was another group of Masonic Negroes that were about creating even more division and distinction for themselves. And this was the creation of the Black Boule, the Black Bourgeois class. I also made a video on this subject as well. Both this video and the Prince Hall video for those who don't know, these are the gatekeepers of black America. And it's sad how, you know, it really is the house Negro and field Negro mentality. And they work for whites, for white supremacy. When blacks want their own thing to do their own thing, the boule will be sent out to disrupt it. Or there's a glass ceiling that African-Americans or blacks, period, can't get through due to the boule really important if you want to have a grasp on the subject. But in order to explain the boule and then parlay it to the focus of this discussion, I will use a clip from that video to explain. We need to go back in time. Let's go back to the times of slavery. During the times of slavery, we had plantations. These were large farms in the colonies of America that used the enforced labor of slaves to harvest crops like cotton, rice, indigo, sugar, tobacco, and other farm produce for trade and export around the world. This trade and export was how America was built. On this plantation, we had two different classes or groups of people. We had the masters and the slaves. There was no crossing between these classes. 
a master never became a slave, and a slave never became a master. Well, that's not entirely true. Eventually, there were slaves that became slave owners, but I don't want to get off point. I'm not going to talk too much about the masters, but more about the slaves. To keep the slaves in line and know exactly what the slaves were thinking or plotting, the masters needed help. They needed allies within the slaves. So in the slave class, they created two other classes. There were the regular slaves, and then the house slaves. The house Negroes, which really is known by another word that I will not use. The house slaves were taken in the house, given better food and accommodations. They were treated better and were more aligned with the slave masters than they were with their own people. This is not a recommendation, but if you ever watched that gory movie Django, the character played by Samuel L. Jackson explains this to the team. They were used by the slave masters to keep the slaves in line. The slave masters probably wouldn't have been able to keep the slaves in line as well as they did without the house slaves. Being a house slave even became a goal for some of the slaves. They wanted to be able to come inside and become house slaves themselves. Now, on top of that, the slave masters would also have babies with the house slaves. They would never be equal, but they were not the bottom class slaves that had nothing and had to work outside eating the scraps. I think you get the picture. And I think for the most part, everyone should understand what the house slaves were. Now, here's the question I want you to think about. After slavery, and after they reprogrammed the slaves to believe that they were free, do you think that the position of house slave went away? What I'm asking is, do you think that the slave masters, those that were running and building this country, did away with the house slave position that allowed them to keep tabs and control of the Negro community? by just controlling a small few of them? The answer should be no. But here's the problem. Whether you ever thought about that question or not, you probably have never been exposed to the how. You might just call out a few names that you've seen on television that were obviously cooning. And then you say, that's what a modern house slave is. But you probably still have not been fully exposed to the real answer. And that's what we're going to talk about. Here's the irony and obvious reprogramming of the day. During the times of slavery, though there were a few slaves that wanted to become house slaves, the majority of the slaves despised the house slaves. They did not trust or like them. Now, fast forward to our current modern times. Today, we praise the house slaves, and they are now our heroes. It's because we have been reprogrammed. and re As you can see, it's the same way when it comes to Democrat, Republican conservative liberal and you have their puppets and white supremacies on both sides making sure they stay on top to love and accept our chains and the goals are now to get in the house instead of breaking free it's really deep but that brings us to talk about the boule getting an LLC for your business doesn't have to work ranks of the Masons were an educated bourgeois class of black men that looked at themselves as elite compared to the rest of the other Masons. They wanted to be separated and distinguished from all the other Masons. And the ruling class of America, the elite families that were and still are the unseen hands of this world, they needed a source of recruitable Negroes to talk about the boule. 
within the ranks of the Masons were an educated bourgeois class of black men that looked at themselves as elite compared to the rest of the other Masons. They wanted to be separated and distinguished from all the other Masons. And the ruling class of America. Henry Ford. I think this guy is part of Chase Bank. I don't know who this guy is. Henry Ford right here. The elite families that were and still are the unseen hand of this world. They needed a source of recruitable Negroes to assist them with their plan to assimilate the Negroes into this new world that they were building. So there was a new subsection of the underground world of Negroes that was made to be the gatekeepers of Black America. And it is this point that you need to understand. I'll sum it up. Slaves were made free and then made citizens who were enticed by a dangling apple that looked like freedom and equality that they hoped for. And while they grew, the ruling class of America recruited a subsection of the Negro to be the gatekeepers and controllers of the rest of them. That's the summary. So let's keep moving. What I'm getting at, and I hope that you can see, is that in the praising of Martin Luther King Jr., we are all praising the house slave. So then, by definition and consequence, by following the house slave, you are actually only following his master's plan and agendas. You're following the master. So let me make this clear. As we go forward in this video, I will not be referring to Martin by that name, Martin Luther King Jr. I won't use that name. That name was used more of a gimmick or a marketing tool to liken him more to Martin Luther of the Protestant Reformation. His mama named him Michael. I'm going to call him Michael. His name was Michael King Jr. And both of him and his daddy changed their names to bring about more effect. Now, I don't have any record of it, so I cannot say that he was a Freemason for certain. I'm sure there are others who have more knowledge that can confirm this or not. But I do know that his father, Michael Sr., was a Prince Hall Mason. And Michael Jr., again, was also a member of the Black Boule, which was another subsection of Masons, and he is called Reverend. So I do believe he was more likely a Mason, but this information has not been made readily available for my research for me to say certain, so I will not. But like I said, Michael was a Boule member, and he was given a great task of building a bridge for the American Negro to cross over into American Babylonian society. He represented himself as a Baptist minister of the faith of Jesus Christ that sought after equality for his people. But he was leading his people along with the rest of the world who believed in him. He was leading them to accept a path leading to a new world order. You see, many blacks in America were tired of being mistreated and living in a land that did not care for them. Many people wanted to either leave America or set up their own system within the country. One of the Boulay's first roles in the country was to keep the professional blacks away from Marcus Garvey. Marcus Garvey started the grass movement. His idea was to make America start a settlement in Liberia to control rubber crops and other natural resources. He started a Back to Africa movement, and W.E.B. Du Bois, a Boulay member, was tasked with stealing the black professionals from the influence of Garvey because it went against the ultimate agenda. You have to understand, they wanted the Negroes in this country to assimilate and find refuge within their government system, not to turn away from its influence. So they turned up the pressure, severely oppressing the black community, hosing them down, burning their houses and communities, 
beating and killing them. I mean, pure oppression. They moved in a goal of order out of chaos. So the more they increased the pressure, the more Michael's platform grew because he was one that seemed to be getting things done. And he steered the conversation, leading us to a promised land that was not biblically inspired. Kind of looks like, you know, um, kind of looked like he was the first person to be a puppet in a way or a long line of puppets. He kind of was had the framework of Barack Obama. OK, he was saying all the right things, twisting things. And, you know, black people ate it up because they were being oppressed. OK. Seems like there's nothing really new under the sun. Also, an important point that was not known nor understood, or maybe brought to the attention of most people during this time. And because people were so oppressed and they were looking for a solution, what they were hearing at the time sounded credible to them. What I'm talking about is the social gospel, power of Yah, and move for his kingdom come. But they were now working towards their own kingdom. This is a subject that I need to cover by itself. The social gospel movement. It's not something that started within the black church, though. It was a social reform movement that gained traction in the United States after the Civil War. And this is important if you're going to understand what happened here. The advocates of this movement interpreted the kingdom of God as requiring social as well as individual salvation and sought the betterment of industrialized society through application of the biblical principles of charity and justice. The social gospel emphasized how the ethical teachings of Jesus could fix the problems caused by Gilded Age capitalism. Social gospel movement leaders took Yahusha's message of love thy neighbor into pulpits, published books, and lectured about it all across the country. Other leaders, mostly women, ran settlement houses designed to reduce the suffering of immigrants living in cities like Boston, New York, and Chicago. Their mission was to draw attention to the problems of poverty and inequality, especially in America's growing cities. After they drew attention to the problem, the churches then showed a humane solution through their social gospel, order out of chaos. Charles Sheldon, a minister of Topeka, Kansas, explained the idea behind the social gospel in his 1897 novel, In His Steps. He argued to be a Christian one needed to walk in Jesus's footsteps. The book slogan, and I'm sure you heard of it, What Would Jesus Do?, became a central theme of the social gospel movement, which also became tied to a belief in what Ohio minister Washington Gladden called social salvation. This concept emphasized that religion's fundamental purpose was to create systemic changes in American political structures. So because of this, the social gospel leaders supported legislation for an eight-hour workday, the abolition of child labor, and government regulation of business monopolies, among other policies. The social gospel is a gospel that a man like John D. Rockefeller held on to very closely, and modern men like Trump hold on to as well. That's why they don't seek for forgiveness. They just try to be a good person, do what Jesus did. But have you ever asked God for forgiveness? I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. 
I think I, if I, if I do something wrong, I think I just try and make it right. I don't bring God into that picture. I don't. No. You see, through the social gospel, they were not moving according to what the word said. They adopted the word to fit it into their lives and their causes. Through this, the purpose of the faith was not for Yah's will to be done, but to create systemic changes in America and then the world. And it is from this social gospel that the gospel in America was subtly changed. Yeah, people were preaching about Jesus, but the purpose of the kingdom of heaven had changed to creating a more perfect system on earth for the inhabitants through their own political power. They were trying to create heaven on earth. And this social gospel was spread amongst the masses for a century. They would preach about Jesus, but in turn, they would also preach about what would Jesus do in terms of our social roles. Moving for governments to create programs to feed the sick and take care of the poor. And in turn, moved our focus of reliance away from focusing on the power of Yah to focusing on the power of moving our governments and our leaders. This is how socialism and communism is created. And this social gospel was no different within the black church. This is how the megachurches came about. The Mount Olivet's in Chicago and the Abyssinian Baptist Church in Harlem. People like Boulay member Adam Clayton Powell used their pulpits to promote their social gospel. You must understand that this was a major movement that was accepted amongst the American church. It joined a political message and tied it with the gospel. And it is still present to this day. This is what the gospel in America has been tied to. And it should be a missing link of connection to why many people that are actually reading their Bibles today feel a lack of attachment to the modern day church. There's so much I can say with this, but it deserves a video on its own. The point is that during this time, they were working towards a social gospel. It was already well programmed in the established white churches in the country. This is how the churches became so political and why being a Christian was so important for an elected official. It's because they were tying in their belief in Jesus and what he said about taking care of the poor and disenfranchised. And they tied it in to how the government should work. And then the black churches latched on and accepted this social gospel because of how poorly they were being treated. And then they looked for leaders to lead the charge and bring in the promised land in America. The black church was not about the true gospel and Yah's kingdom come. They were about their own kingdom. And this is, again, the missing link in the churches today. They are not applying Yah's word in full. They are using pieces of scripture to show how to obtain the world for yourself individually and collectively as a group. Still using business cards nobody wants? It's time to get your foot. But going back, during those times, people were looking at a figure like Michael King as a sort of Moses. And he was bringing black people into the promised land. But this land that he was referring to had nothing to do with Yah's word, but based on reinterpretations supporting their social gospel. An important messenger of this social gospel was a man named Howard Thurman. He wrote a book called Jesus and the Disinherited. If you want to understand the social gospel, you should read that book. It is a hard book to read because of the obvious misinterpretations of biblical doctrine. This book, Jesus and the Disinherited, was an important and influential book whose message helped shape the civil rights movement. It was said many times by many people that Michael King 
often traveled with this book from Mr. Thurman. People like Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, who reads the book, we know shortly after it was published. Martin Luther King Jr. always traveled with Jesus and the disinherited. I mean, he'd clean underwear shirt and he'd have uh, Howard Thurman in his briefcase. And he read Howard Thurman for inspiration. It is this book that had a profound impact on his beliefs. In the autobiography of Martin Luther King Jr., on page 351, there was a quote from Michael that says, we have the power to change America and give a kind of new vitality to the religion of Jesus Christ. And we can get those young men and women who've lost faith in the church to see that Jesus was a serious man precisely because he dealt with the tang of the human amid the glow of the divine and that he was concerned about their problems. He was concerned about bread. He opened and started Operation Breadbasket a long time ago. He initiated the first sit-in movement, the greatest revolutionary that history has ever known. And when people tell us when we stand up that we got our inspiration from this or that, go back and let them know where we got our inspiration. I read Das Capital and the Communist Manifesto years ago when I was a student in college and many other revolutionary movements in the world came into being as a result of what Marx talked about. The great tragedy... My thing is, like, how everybody... How, I don't get it. How are you reading about Karl Marx and he he was racist towards blacks? I never understood the... Wow, man. Wow, and he, he kind of... He got those Obama vibes, man. He got those Obama vibes. I mean, when I was a kid... They told, I used to think he was a great person, but then when you started to, get to understand him, this guy was really just a politician, just a puppet. That's it. Sad. That Christianity failed to see that it had the revolutionary edge. You don't have to go to Karl Marx. I got it from a man named Jesus, a Galilean saint, who said he was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. He was anointed to deal with the problems of the poor. And that is where we get our inspiration. And we go out in a day when we have a message for the world and we can change this world and we can change this nation. You see, what I'm trying to display is that this message from Michael was not inspired by Yah. He just used interpretations of certain aspects of Messiah and then tailored it to an overall message of a promised land of equality and justice for all. And when he spread this message amongst an abused, oppressed generation that was just looking for help, they really believed that this was about Yah because the name of Jesus was brought in. But this promised land that he was bringing them to was not the wonderful one that was prophesied by Yah, but it was the other prophecy by Yah of this coming new world order. The desire for equality, no matter who you are, what you believe, and who you love. You see, part of that promised land that King helped deliver was in that landmark Civil Rights and Labor Law Bill passed in 1964. It outlawed discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, national origin, and later included sexual orientation and gender identity. This is why his speeches and his content and movement have been used many times on issues away from racial justice. I remember during the years of Obama how people like Al Sharpton used Michael King's teaching to promote LGBT agendas. Stand up. Dr. King made history because he did. 
It is time for all of us across races, across religions, across beliefs, gender, and preferences to stand up like Dr. King. See, this is the thing. I mean, right now you have these, the alphabet trying to fight for the right to um, sexualize kids in kindergarten and third grade. And they're using a the speech to bring that into fruition. I'm seeing New World Order. That's what I'm getting from this New World Order. It's like Martin Luther King was really about the New World Order. And now you got people like Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, and many others trying to bring that about and being under their master, Joe Biden. No, I'm not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat. As you can see through history, you're seeing how history is still being played out till this day. Like I said earlier, I just saw it the other day when Zelensky gave his speech to Congress that he invoked Martin Luther King. And Zelensky and Zelensky is a pro-Nazi. He has neo-Nazis in his military camp. Okay, the Azov Battalion that has been known to do horrible things to Ukrainians and then try to blame it on the Russians. Martin's dream of equality and justice had nothing to do with biblical teachings and biblical truth. But they had everything to do with the acceptance and equality of all, regardless of race, sexual orientation, and most of all, religion. It is a general acceptance because the promotion is that we are all God's children, so we should all accept each other. And because this message was so effectively delivered, and most people don't have a strong biblical understanding, when you hear something that goes against his message, they want to label it as hate. It has created the label that the truth of Yah's word is hate speech. You see, it's far deeper than not accepting people because of their skin color or their religious background or sexual orientation. It's actually about bringing the world together, regardless of race, religion, sexual orientation, your nation. It's about bringing the world together under one roof, a one world system, because we're all God's children. But they had to come with the equality message first to lay the foundation of where we are currently today. That's why we got the Barack Obama. And this is how we got the alphabet marriage. Okay. How we got, you could, turn, you know, delete a baby if you don't want it. Even when it's out the womb now. Gavin Newsom has brought that into fruition. Okay. And it's pretty much solidified. And Joe Biden isn't really scared. No politician, left or right, is scared because you're going to go either way. They even made it to a point where if you don't vote, you'll have to pay a fine. Or do some community service. And Michael King's unmatched promotion of the social gospel was a huge piece in driving the world towards change. Because instead of having to re-articulate the message, they can just always invoke the spirit of change. They can always go back to his message and say that they are trying to fulfill his dream. Look at that. Just look at that. 
maybe the reason why he uh, was assassinated was because he found out too late. Or he had a guilty conscience that what he was doing was trying to get black people under white supremacy. That was the thing. And if you see it now, I mean, when you ask for reparations, Joe Biden's like, nah, nah, I gotta, we gotta worry about the Ukrainians. What about, we gotta get everybody together, everybody. Because by giving blacks reparations, you're, you are giving them a chance to be on their own and to have uh, their own sense of identity to make a life for themselves and to truly compete in the world, in the world economy, in the world market. But they never wanted that. Look into company towns. You see how blacks were treated horribly after, uh, after the war, the Civil War. Because they had to really, the whites had to accept them as competitors now. And they didn't want that because the South was made rich due to having slaves, black slaves. Okay. So now you have a new type of slavery where they try to get everybody into the house. Interesting. All this is important to identify because the mental conditioning surrounding this is highly guarded and it's used, like I said, consistently. When people are promoting the gospel, you must be very mindful of their words because there are adjustments and twists that are used in order to push an agenda under the covering of false religious values you think that you believe in. This is used very often. Thank you, dear Lord, because we're reminded of what you said on the cross, that it is finished. That's another thing, too. When Margaret Sanger, when she was trying to get blacks to be euthanized, she would go to the black preachers and to get them to talk to the black uh, women in the church to get them um, looked on by Margaret Sanger. She would sterilize them. That's how she would get a way to sterilize to get them so they couldn't have kids. So you see white supremacy there and you have to be real careful to arm yourself with knowledge. White supremacy got their puppets, especially if they're a 501c3 church. Injustice is finished. Jogging while black is finished. Racially profiled is finished. Mandatory minimums is finished. Most people around the world are tied into a social gospel, which has allowed politics to be played out in the pulpits. People are trying to form their own worlds instead of yielding to Yah's and allowing his will to be done. You will notice that the social gospel and all the rhetoric surrounding it doesn't even give a yielding to Bible prophecy because to them, it has nothing to do with it. That's why we don't hear much about end times Bible prophecy in the churches because they are all about setting up their own kingdom on earth through their own power. Michael King was used to introduce a new path to equality that ties the whole world together. He will always be invoked because his premise was a major program for the world to fall under. You should even expect the Antichrist to bring up Michael King's dream. That see, that's the thing. That's that's the crazy thing about it, man. Uh he was 
bringing a dream all right. He was bringing prophecy all right, but it was the wrong. It was the wrong prophecy. It was a new world order agenda. He was bringing in a new world order. Interesting. Instead of being the pastor, because that's what I always thought about it when I was younger. I mean, you're a pastor. Why aren't you talking about the gospel? That's what pastors do. That's what Christian pastors do. And I would always see a hatred towards it. So I was like, how is he getting all these people together? And the only reason it could be is the fact that he's aligned himself with Freemasonry. He's aligned himself with the Boule. The Boule is product of Freemasonry, and Freemasons run the world. Therefore, he aligned himself with the world, the masters of this world. That's the only way he could have this. Michael King was absolutely a controlled agent. That is why you see him in pictures with the Rothschilds. Of- yep, the Rothschilds. The Rockefellers. Nelson Despite- Rockefeller. You see a whole monument of him in the District of Columbia. It's why all these satanic world leaders invoke his spirit when speaking on agendas that are coming forward in this world, leading towards a new world order. They chose Michael King, not because he had a nonviolent approach, but because he was able to lead a flock effectively into an ultimate trap that would leave people under mental oppression for many generations to come. And people from around the world, whether white, black, Asian, Hispanic, etc. They all could resonate and accept his message because though it mentioned Jesus, it was never truly about him. His message is the foundation of the world that they're creating, and they just add to it when they need to. As he ended his speech with Jew and Gentile, Protestant and Catholic, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. You see, those words were acceptable language in the 1960s. But today, as tolerance of more has grown, they have included other faiths like Islam in. They have included gender equality and sexual orientation in. It was all a part of his dream. We are the dream keepers, which is why we come today black and white and all races and religions and, so, and sexual orientation to say this dream is still alive. You might have killed the dreamer, but you can't kill the dream because truth the dream again. The thing is, like with Islam, it's like, have blacks ever really read about Islam? How, you know, what Muhammad did to women and how he sold and traded blacks for currency? Hmm. What about the Arab slave trade? Just saying. And was the foundation on which they have built upon. And that's why they celebrate him. What happened in the acceptance of his dream is that many people walked away from the power of Yah and never turned back. They felt like the power was in their hands to change the world instead of waiting on Yah to do so and being his vessel. You see, I'm certain that there are many people that have not actually read their Bibles, but then they feel that they actually know what is said in it. And it is those people that probably don't see anything wrong with the social gospel 
because they don't know the true purpose of Messiah and what our creator intends for this world. This is mind control that needs to be broken and stepped away from. But it has to be something that is even acknowledged is there. When this mind control was coming on the scene, it was a very serious time. We're talking about the consistent oppression of a group of people that was happening during a period of time when television became more prominent, allowing more people to see what was once done before in a vacuum, unseen. And people want to change. And Michael King came to deliver it. It was the same exact script that they ran when Obama took office. And again, it was both white and black that accepted it. And then Obama took King's message and added the next leg, bringing us to the door of the New World Order. Remember what I said of King's ending in 1960s? Jew and Gentile, Protestant and Catholic? It is now our generation. The journey is not complete until our wives, our mothers and daughters can unseen. And people want to change. And Michael King came to deliver it. It was the same exact script that they ran when Obama took office. And again, it was both white and black that accepted it. And then Obama took King's message and added the next leg, bringing us to the door of the New World Order. Remember what I said of King's ending in 1960s? Jew and Gentile, Protestant and Catholic? It is now our generation's task to carry on what those pioneers began. For our journey is not complete until our wives, our mothers and daughters can earn a living equal to their efforts. Our journey is not complete until our gay brothers and sisters are treated like anyone else under the law. For if we are truly created equal, then surely the love we commit to one another must be equal as well. You can see how Obama added the next leg of tolerance, inclusion, and acceptance. That's why Obama was... I tell you, I bet money on this. The next time, the next person, you know... I do believe there's going to be an evil world ruler. I do believe that. He'll probably talk about NAMBLA being accepted. That we got to accept people who like kids. NAMBLA, National American Men Boy Lovers Association. I'm telling you now, because these, these uh, when it came to the, the uh, quote unquote, don't say gay bill, all these teachers were flipping out and wanting to show their uh, talk about their sexuality to kindergartners and third graders that I'm telling you the next person on the world stage will probably advocate for that and say, you should accept them. I'm telling you that's going to happen. Even you, I told you before um, they've even had uh, professors talking on Ted talks that you should accept pedophilia as a sexual orientation. That's what's going to happen. Mark my words. Claiming to be working to fulfill King's dream. But Obama said, the dream is not fully realized yet. And that time will not fully come until the world unites under one world religion. The Bible has been used as a weapon against humanity, all because people that believe in it don't read it. While they listen to people who also don't read it, but manipulate it to fit within their agendas. If you were attaching yourself to these agendas, you are not following the gospel found in the scriptures but a manipulated agenda that leads to the Antichrist and a one-world religion. They want to pursue a utopia full of what they deem as love, but it comes at the price of canceling out the influence and say of the Most High. And they use this dream of Michael King in order to sell it. 
They've attached people to the social gospel while not allowing people to realize the difference between the good news of the scriptures and what they are advocating for. They are putting a religious spin on political goals and movements. The truth of the scriptures has nothing to do with their social gospel. This social gospel leads to communism, of which Michael King was very well-documented student. Though he never publicly classified himself as a communist, his ideals and what he was striving for all lead to communism, like his advocating for a guaranteed universal basic income and also a redistribution of wealth. We are dealing with hard economic and social issues. And it means that the job is much more difficult. It's much easier to integrate a lunch counter than it is to guarantee an annual income. It's much easier. We must also realize that the problems of racial injustice and economic injustice cannot be solved without a radical redistribution of political and economic power. There's much that goes along with all this. But it may need to be readdressed, Elohim willing, as he leads. What is abundantly clear is that people cannot put their spiritual relationships with the Most High in the hands of other people. This social gospel has been a real virus that has spread amongst the church. And now people are not able to properly apply the scriptures. They don't understand the spiritual battles that we face. They don't understand how politics has nothing to do with any of this. They don't know how to put trust in the Most High instead of putting it into this fake political system. It's how people like Biden can go to the churches and gain popularity and political strength. It's because he's supported by Freemason pastors that push a social gospel that is very different than what the scriptures say. Wow. Like I said, man, it's slavery all over again. I mean, this is the dude who wrote the crime bill. Okay. This is the dude that was calling you the N-word in the 70s and 60s. This is the man who you voted in office, who basically did everything to dodge giving blacks reparations, but he was able to donate millions into uh, crack pipes in the minority communities for people who hooked on crack. Like, that was going to help bringing those addicts into well, healthy communities to get drugs. Wow. Wow. Freemasonry, man, it's deadly. And it still has the fact that they see blacks as inhuman. And you have this man in your churches who has done nothing but to make sure you're at the bottom of the food chain. Interesting. I have a basic rule that anyone that uses the title reverend should never be followed. Because that title goes along with Freemasonry and their worshipful master title. Either way, we must stop attaching ourselves to the world and the false pastors and false doctrines. And it needs to be called out and identified. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. You see, they have been masquerading the truth and hiding the darkness, making it seem as light. And the truth is that every day that you feel that the world is getting closer to their promised land actually means the further away the world is moving away from the Most High. 
which is why it seems that the world is so far from Yah today. When we see these pastors and churches demanding all these political actions and putting politics at the pulpit, please understand this is the social gospel, and it is a part of Michael King's dream that was not given to him. I said not given to him by the Most High. As the Apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19-21, let me repeat it to you. And so, we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day yawns and the brilliance arises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of Yahuwah spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. These men that have twisted the gospel and the prophecies of Yah have their reckoning coming to them. Woe to them that has turned good to evil, evil to good, who has turned light to darkness and darkness to light. I feel for them, I really do. But it is at this time that you must seriously, for yourself, guard yourself, and make sure that you have not fallen for their lies and deceptions. This particular lie runs very deep. The unfortunate truth that you're going to have to deal with is that most of Christianity today falls within the social gospel. And it has been used as a trap to place you under a false Babylonian system that desires to enslave your mind and keep your soul away from the Most High. It wants to keep you attached to their system until it receives its judgment and you are a part of it. None of what they're selling is biblical. It's just a repackaged, rebranded Messiah. But we serve Yahusha the Messiah. Whatever it is with this Jesus of the world that they are selling, you must not believe it. You must line it all up with scripture and really listen with the intent to understand. Just don't nod your head and say, yes, pastor. You must understand the will of Yah for yourself. In this way, you will not be deceived by these wolves. That's why reading the Bible on your own is so important. But these people bank on your ignorance and dependence on them. Don't put your soul in their hands. Like I said, there is much more I can say. And I really just from the new heaven and earth that comes with Yahusha's reign. Ask yourself these questions and get the answers. Brothers and sisters, we are in the final hours. Okay, well, that's enough right there. So... There it is about Martin Luther King. Tell me what you think in the comments. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Later.